You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast, bringing together the best technical leaders to talk about the industry, passions and challenges that they're facing. I'm Abby Stokes. I help businesses connect with tech talent and I'm your host for today's episode. Today, I'm joined by Ako Desembieva, Marietta Buckoy, Ambreen Shake, and Stefania Chaplin to discuss women in tech. Before we get into the topic in a bit more detail, we're going to work our way around the room with some introductions. So, Stefania, would you like to kick us off? Sure. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. So, I am Stefania Chaplin. I am a solutions architect at GitLab, which is a DevOps platform. I've been in tech for a couple of years, and I'm really excited to be on this podcast because I've had so many years of being the only woman on the team. Um, So I know that we're going to be talking about some great topics later. Um, Outside of work, I do a lot of surf and yoga and looking after all of my tropical plants. Nice, lovely. Ambreen, would you like to go next? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Ambreen Sheikh, and I have been working in tech for almost 16 years now. So, yeah, I have been a lonely woman in uh, way too many tech teams, and I don't know why. And I'm very happy to uh, discuss this with my fellows here. Uh, right now, I work as a senior uh, engineering manager. I'm leading a team of almost 120, 150 people, which is sometimes, I think, uh, way too many, working with multiple technologies, all types of cloud platforms as well. Um, other than that, uh, what uh, I like uh, speaking at conferences. I go to technical conferences. I speak at them. And uh, right now, uh, from the last uh, one year, I have also been writing a uh, a book called uh, "Lonely." Uh, sorry, not lonely, but uh, yeah, uh, the odd brown woman in tech. Uh, <laughs> it's a um, it's a combination of my experiences uh, as a woman in tech. And I have tried to uh, make sure that all the experiences that I'm listing in my book, they are real uh, experiences based on uh, yeah what I have seen and observed in uh, tech. Nice. Nice little plug of the book there. Available soon, Ambreen. <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot of work that needs to be done. And uh, yeah, but maybe in a year's time. Yeah. Nice. I look forward to it. Um, Mariana, would you like to go next? Sure thing. Hi, I'm Mariana. I am currently a DevOps SRE engineer consultant. At, um, so I'm consulting with uh, Regent Davey and currently I'm assigned at Utopia Music to working on, on infrastructure. But before that, I've been, uh, I've, I've switched jobs a bit recently. And before that, I've been a backender for around 10 years maybe and I'm generally really into into tech and um, building things tearing things down googling whatever doesn't work because that's that's my job but yeah outside of that I'm also a community organizer for a Google developers group in Stockholm so the Google developers group cloud Stockholm and I generally am part of a lot of different communities, some that uh, support women in tech um, and others just just teaching and, and holding workshops and sharing my experience and my knowledge. And besides tech, I have a hobby of having hobbies. That's what I would like to call it. 
and it generally goes around uh, crafts, electronics, all kinds of things, except for music. I feel like uh, I, I enjoy listening to music, but I'm really, really bad at musical instruments. So playing musical instruments is not my forte, but I have still tried to do that. So most things I've tried to do. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and last but not least, Aka. Uh, hi everybody, I am Akka. I am a security engineer Think, and my background is uh, development and application security. Uh, so the topic of uh, diversity and inclusion and bringing more women into tech is quite important to me. I run the group for promoting cybersecurity among women and also mentor women in, and help them to transition to tech. And thank you very much for inviting me to, for, to be the participant of this podcast. My hobbies include uh, Zumba, uh, hiking, and also a bit of gardening. Nice, lovely. Well, now that we've gotten to know each of you a bit better, we'll move on to the topic in focus. You've all prepared a question to do with women in tech. And as usual, we'll work our way around the group where you can each ask your questions and give your thoughts. So the first is you, Aka, and you asked, what is your opinion about a discrepancy between presence of women within different areas of tech and seniority levels? So tell us a bit more about your question. Yeah, so uh, I noticed uh, at the various like companies, uh, at my company even, or the companies where some of uh, my some of my female friends work, that uh, in the data science like QA. Uh, like, I don't know, manual testers, there are uh, more women compared to the teams that are like more related to infrastructure, maybe some DevOps teams or among the site reliability engineers. And this situation is even worse among the engineering management. Like I, I can say boldly that in Sweden, like majority of the engineering managers are men and there are not a lot of women among them. So, uh, and I was thinking like, maybe it's just me, but then I like saw like some bunch of statistics and I saw this discrepancy in other countries as well. Like for example, um, the ratio of women to men in the DevOps field is like almost one to 40, while in data science uh, it, or web development, it could be like one to 20 or like one to like 10. So that's why I was curious, like, what is your opinion on this topic? I think it's interesting because I think you've got two different points there. So you've got women in different kind of tech fields. And then when you mentioned the engineering manager, it's like women in leadership or women in senior leadership. And they're kind of two different, I think, conversations. So at least uh, what I found with different fields, I 100% agree. And it's funny because the guy I'm dating is in machine learning. So mm -hmm. I talk about everything I'm doing with diversity and women in tech and he doesn't get it because he's like, but... Yeah, you know, I'm doing a PhD and it's 50-50. Like, you know, there are probably more women than men and I know more female professors. I'm like, that's not what DevOps is like. Yeah. Um, and the similar, I used to be a, I used to be a Python developer and I've definitely noticed when you look at uh, conferences, like especially the attendees, when it's something like Web Summit or if there's a JavaScript focus, then you do get way, way more women there. And I think there are some kind of 
um I want to say I kind of think they're a bit like wishy-washy because a bit of me is like is it just that women prefer design and they don't want to do bash scripting with servers and like there might be an element of that but I'm like I'm not really sure but um it's a it's a really interesting question um and when it comes to the second bit which is just around senior leadership at least what I found women early in their careers and I know I used to work in recruitment and I've coached a lot of women um in different stages of life um they're not as good at going for promotion or if you see a job description if there are 10 points and they can do nine of them they're like oh but I can't do the 10th I think we're getting better now but um whilst men will be like yeah I can do two of them or like yeah I want to be a manager I can do it so I think I think kind of the combination especially when you look at I've worked in places where there were no women managers no women senior leadership there were women on the board but I literally was like oh my god there's no women um so I think it's definitely a topical topic and I don't know about the silver bullet yet Oh, no, I, yeah, I, but you you have something there though. I I was wondering, like you you mentioned that people don't go for it, right? But I feel like that's not the entire story because, for example, when when I wanted a promotion, uh, and I and I had I literally had slides with these are the things that I have done that match a lot of these criteria, and I admit that I have some growth in this part, but. I feel like I'm already ready to move on, right? And I've been told, yeah, but you need to be 100% on everything. Whilst if I looked around, all the other people around me didn't have to have 100% on everything, right? It's not just that we we feel like we have to have 100% on everything. It's also in a way required uh, in, in in certain environments that I've been, like I, I have, applied for it i've raised my hand and i've been told no when i've seen people that also didn't fit the bill 100 percent that got promoted so i feel it's 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 a mix it's it's not just that and as far as um as far as the actual split in and there's a lot of um a lot of uh women in certain fields and not many in others i feel part of it is also how we promote it like for example in uh, security you always see this hacker with a hoodie and they're like some guy and people talk about it like we need the infrastructure guy uh we need um this guy to do something and then words affect us more than we believe they do because we don't we end up not seeing ourselves in that role because everyone we see is different. And to, to say that, let me share a success, I, I will call it a success story. I personally feel and think that front end is hard because it's really hard, it's, it's really hard to get right. In many ways, I feel that back end or infrastructure is slightly more straightforward because you you control a lot of the things, whilst front end you can't control what devices people use and you need to be compatible with all kinds of things. Anyway, front end is hard, my opinion. Uh, and I was sharing that with a, with a friend of mine who happens to be a woman, and uh, I kind of wanted to recruit her into my team within the company, and I did. And she started doing backend and started liking it. And before that, she was saying, no, 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 like front end is, is not as hard as backend. But then she started doing backend and she was like, this is cool. 
And then she started doing infrastructure and pipelines and being involved in all of that. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't hard. And at some point we had a discussion a couple of years later and she was like, yeah, front end is hard. <laughs> so I feel like there's also a matter of perception. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think I, I really like this question when I saw this question pop up because I have an actual real story to add to this. I was working at this company and I was working there for almost seven months and it was not a small, it was not a huge company, it was a small company, maybe 40 people. And at an after work, uh, there was some person who kept referring to me as a project manager. And I had to stop there. I was like, why do you think I'm a project manager? He's like, then what are you? Are you a tester? And I was like, no, I'm not a tester. And I was like, why don't you make a guess what I am? And he could not. Because, do you know why? Because he said, and when I told him that I'm an actual programmer, he was very surprised because for seven months I've talked to him and he thought uh, I'm a tester or a project manager. And, and I asked him, what is the reason? Well, he said, well, it's the format in all our teams. There are four developers and then there is one project manager who's a woman. So I kind of assumed that you're a woman. I think as human beings, we are more inclined towards our expectations on us as well. I think if, if I'm working at a company and there is a person who's going to expect me to be a project, I'm not saying being a project manager is a bad thing. I think there's a lot of work, but we're talking about it in the context that there are a lot more women who are project managers or who are testers. So if there's an expectation on me that I will be doing this, I naturally develop an interest or an inclination towards that thing. And 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 that plays a huge, huge part because that's like define someone is defining a path for you and you, you know, it's easier to to be on a path rather than uh, just figuring out uh, what you want to do. And then the second thing that I was thinking about, again, from the data science point of view, that as human beings, it's it's difficult to be the odd one out, right? I, unless or until you're not used to it. So it's super difficult to be the odd one out. And if I am given an option to be in two teams where there are in one team, it's like a team of like five or seven uh, male colleagues and the other where there's a bit of a proportion. Even if I relate to being a backend developer more, I think especially it applies to junior uh, women in tech. They are more naturally inclined to be part of a team where they feel like they will be um, represented. But this is something that I have observed throughout my career, that women are kind of boxed in tech, that, okay, you either be a tester or be a data scientist or be a project manager, or even when it comes to promotions, their path is more defined. Like, like it's better if you become a release manager or a project manager rather than an engineering manager. I don't know. It, I just feel it's like... It's also easier. I, I feel like it's easier, right? Tasks somehow find you. There's this, yeah. this thing that people leave for you because you yeah. seem to... I have this experience, right? I, in, in, I was in a team and... I was, we were supposed to do something and I was, um, one part of the work was literally communicating with the different teams and asking them, hey, uh, or, or it's not part of it. It's just in order to, to get something done, several teams have to do their part, right? So I went and I said, hey, um, are you done with that? What's the status? And I checked in with different teams and I was supposed to collaborate with another teammate on that. <laughs> and I said, hey, I'm, uh, I feel like you didn't interact as much. Um, I'm sorry if I didn't include you enough. Like, 
what do you need? And he was just, he, he told me that he just let me do the work because I seem to enjoy it. I know. And I'm like, great. Um, actually, I do not enjoy it. I would prefer to sit in my corner and code, but this thing needs to be done. And in order for it to be done, we're depending on all these people and we cannot just sit and, and roll our thumbs um, and, and not help if we can help, right? And he was like, yeah, but you seem to enjoy yourself and you seem to like that, that kind of work. So I just left it on you and I was speechless. I was like, no, can you, can you please help? And I was like, am I, am I not like what's happening? And I, I still blamed myself that I wasn't inclusive enough with this person that was just dumping all the work on me. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, it's so funny you brought it up. I mean, uh, because the, these expectations. So even if you look at non-technical work, like in my first team ever, I had a manager who would always ask me to buy a gift for the rest of the team if, you know, someone's getting married or someone's leaving. It's always me. And I got so, I just stopped responding to my manager. And I told her that you need to ask other people. And her literal response was, well, I feel like women enjoy shopping. So you would buy it. I was like, oh. <laughs> that's manager we're talking about. But that's another experience, yeah. Yeah, and that's think- also a thing where, where where women are not necessarily we should not expect women to to do the right thing or to not not um propagate sexism because it's it's ingrained it 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 is as much ingrained into women as it is into everyone else yeah i've had to undertake hardcore camouflage like outfit change in terms of normally at events people are like oh you digital marketing I'm like no no I'm the solutions architect I can talk to you about the technical capability of the platform uh my other colleague it happened actually this year someone actually apologized they were like oh I'm so sorry I actually have daughters that's really bad of me so now I'm at a point because what used to happen before was that when I used to I, I well I did used to work in sales and recruitment before so I've got all these lovely black work dresses and then when I went on clients site in the black work dresses all of a sudden they assume my male colleagues the techie and then either I'm the I'm the salesperson or sometimes I'm just the personal assistant um so then I stop wearing the black dresses then I start wearing a bit more fun clothes then I become digital marketing so now I'm at a point where I'm like okay I just wear blue light lens glasses like in the hope that sometimes it might make me like look more technical yes. so that people like change the way that they um, behave around me. And it's just kind of frustrating that I'm the one. So I now, especially after lockdown, I have to call my colleagues like, we're going to this event or thing. It's like, what do I wear? Like, I don't even know who I am. I'm having an identity crisis. Are you know, it's just so funny you mentioned it because I feel like sometimes this happened to me that we have to let go of our womanhood just because we have to fit in. I mean, I love wearing a, a beautiful, nice uh, black dress, right? And so does you, but you probably now choose not to wear it because of how the judgment follows, right? And uh, yeah, I've experienced that as well, that uh, maybe not wear a dress at work, maybe focus on, uh, yeah. Maybe yeah, for- and I've, I've just stopped wearing makeup, which is good anyway. Like, I, it's kind of part of my life now, but it's like, can't wear full face. Like, you know, because then all of a sudden it's like, I might, this is painting a big stereotype, but like all of a sudden I might, you know, scare off developers because I'm like, hi, how's it going? Start talking to them. And they're like, whoa, woman. 
it's a real problem like and and the the worst part is i found myself at some point because there was someone i was kind of i wasn't directly mentoring but we were talking about getting into tech and stuff and i was actually telling them you know what it's actually easier if you wear jeans and a t-shirt and if you if you dress up it it could it could mean that you won't get there faster and i was thinking about it and i was so sad because i was just literally telling them to to camouflage to to change themselves in order to fit in with where we probably want to change the system uh, so that everyone could fit in and it shouldn't matter what you're wearing and what dress and stuff but that's yeah. not the reality it is i think yeah where we are at the moment because when i first came into the industry my i'm currently i forgot to say in my intro hi i'm dev stuff ops but actually before that i was devops babe but then the company i was working at literally i did i had the name for a while and like all this the company i was with were like you have to change it because it sounds like it's hooters um, and I thought, oh my God, I'm DevOps babe. I want to inspire future generations. Like I don't find DevOps babe like that sexual. It was more like fun and it was like inclusive. And like, if we were in a world where it was 50-50, it wouldn't be an issue because women are such a minority. All of a sudden DevOps babe, all these senior white leadership men, like made me change my name. And to be fair, DevOps is a very good name also, but it was kind of being faced with that. And I was only like 25 and like, I didn't really know what to do because I was new to the industry trying to be fun. But um, there's also, yeah, if you don't camouflage, if you try and be yourself and that gets, you know, misinterpreted. Um, yeah, having that experience was just like, oh, great. You know, if we were more evenly spit, that would it would have been a non-issue because um, people are like, oh, yeah. And then I was talking to a colleague recently about this in America, and she used to be DevOps diva. And I was like, oh, my God, DevOps Dave and DevOps diva in the same Zoom call? Wow. <laughs> so kind of on the back of that, you mentioned just on the end of that. So, Mariana, we'll move on to your question. And you said, how can men having a more equitable space in tech? Yeah. Um, and it's kind of the background of a bunch of people who happen to uh, identify as mom. Um, they kind of, they reached out to me and, and said, "We want to help. What can I what can I do? Do you know any groups or something that I can join?" And at that point, I was like, "Wait, I'm in a lot of groups where it's something women in tech and women this and women that." And I wasn't I wasn't sure how they could join in or if they could join in. And that was something that um, was on my mind. Uh, and I feel like as if you're part of a group, when you advocate to, to get benefits for that group, then you're seen wrong. Like for example, I, I was part of a team and um, I people came to, to us and said, hey guys, this and that. And my male colleague said, I actually, we actually prefer to be called ladies. And the person was just kind of shocked, but not offended. But I feel like if I would have said that, it would have been taken definitely different than if this other guy told another guy that he prefers to be called ladies, right? So it's, it's this group thing. So, but I still wonder, like that, that was one example that I had where someone kind of stepped up and, and spoke and 
what's your experience have you so I find it like say with the groups example so I'm in London and women in DevOps is a really good example because actually their event has loads of men so I'm actually it's kind of a safe space you know bring bring your colleagues men or women you know how can you know people be better allies etc so I think when it comes to a group level then I always say even if it's a woman group um, then you know feel free to bring men along because you know men can kind of learn just as long as they're there to listen and to shadow not to like you know steer the agenda and I think on a on a personal level you know in terms of you know what can men do I'm always about um, yeah it's kind of being being a, so there's mentoring and then I also talk about sponsoring and a sponsor is like what happens behind closed door you know when you're not at the table when is your name mentioned so I'm you know proactive in terms of I'm a, I'm the opposite I'm actually really sexist like I only promote women when I'm on social media I'm way more active with my female friends and like sharing and talking about their achievements so I'm hoping I get to a day when I get in trouble because um, I'm, you know, because I'm ignoring the men too much. But I think men just have to be appreciative of where women are coming from. Like one of my favorite quotes about um, feminism is we should be really glad women want equality and not revenge. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I, I agree. So I, 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 I personally think that the, the, the best thing that most men can do in tech is be aware of their unconscious bias. Uh, because I don't think uh, my colleagues or anyone is intentionally trying to be harmful with me or with anyone else. Uh, but it's just that some of the things are so ingrained in the mindset that that, that are referred to as unconscious bias that we, we, we face uh, day to day. I mean, I am going to be like super honest here. It's like most of the experiences that are related to me being a female in tech, they or the ones that have a very a bit of a bad effect on me. They are they were coming from people who were thinking that they're doing me a favor, and I think it's so important. Yeah, like for example, I think it's always good to uh, have an example of some in such scenarios. Like for example, once a colleague. Like I had a pretty difficult meeting where I was being opinionated and people were not really, uh, yeah. So I was being opinionated and towards the end of the uh, end of the call, a colleague came to me and he said that, you know, maybe they don't expect uh, opinions or strong opinions from women. You know, maybe you can turn it down. I was like, but what you're saying is wrong. You can't say that, right? So I think he was coming in from a place of. Um, uh, care for me, but it, it was really wrong. So I think one of the things that I believe should be like mandatory in the in the company trainings is like how to be more aware of your unconscious bias. Because I don't think anyone in this age is trying to be intentionally harmful. Maybe some people, but the percentage is very uh, low. Uh, but most of these things they are stemming from or originating from the unconscious bias and. In my experience, when you make the other person aware of, of what they are saying and how damaging it is, they are always apologetic. I mean, that's at least what my experience is. I beg to differ. Yeah. I have a different experience and I'll keep it short. Uh, I gave a feedback. Mm -hmm. uh, I was, I was uh, doing interviews with two different people, right? Um, I was with another person in the room and we were interviewing potential employees for a company. And I gave a feedback to my co-interviewer saying, hey, when we interview this external person, we use he a lot. Yeah. When we talk about uh, the developer, when we talk about the 
um, the customer, when we talk about everyone, we just default to he. Yeah. What did this. Say then? And I said, yeah. can, can, uh, it, it would be nice if, if you mix it up with uh, he, she, or, or use they, which is yeah. um, a neutral pronoun. And they argued with me and they weaponized being woke because they went to this many seminars and then ended up with, I should listen less for this. And how did I notice? And it was half an hour of my life wasted and me sitting there and, and thinking, how can I get out of this situation? Yeah. It is that still a work a colleague. Person. That sounds like a yeah. toxic person. That's yeah. Like, it, it is. <laughs> rolling back. Same, same situation. I was interviewing with a different person. Same thing happened. Like the, my co-interviewer used he a lot. Yeah. And that was something that... Um, I noticed because I happened to not identify with the pronoun he. And after that, I said, hey, um, I've noticed that you use he a lot in the, in the interview, and it would be nice to mix it up with, uh, with he, she, or, or even better, you stay, because that kind of applies to a lot more people than he, she. And the other person said, oh, I didn't notice. Thanks. I'll try to improve. And the conversation was over. <laughs> and I... I it, there's two things. One, the fact that people will not always be apologetic. And in my opinion, a lot of people get defensive and they don't want to be bad people. And the other thing is with just being aware of your biases, it's not enough because then you say, but how can I be a, a bad person? I've been to this many courses and I'm aware of things. So you have to also stand up when you see something happening and listen for the things that are happening. And prioritize highlighting and, and putting the word to things. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Like I also noticed sometimes that when I share like some opportunity for women in LinkedIn, like some guys, they just start screaming, why they're not for men? Like why, what are the like scholarships or opportunities for men? And some guys, they just tag like other women who might be interested in, in this scholarship or opportunity. So it's just different. Like there are like kind of two, two types of people, the ones that are like questioning why we need this diversity and the, the ones that actually try to be allied for women. And they're trying to like, they're trying to uh, show that, you know, tech, tech space could be suitable for women and try to invite more of them. And I like speaking about uh, getting more men into the tech space. I think mentorship is definitely something that uh, that needs to be maybe like we should we need more of the mentorship and we need more of the mentorship where men would want to like be a mentor for women. And uh, it's also so important in the fields where the the percentage of women is like is so little for example the cybersecurity. like there you don't even see you, you won't meet a lot of female like chief security officers but there are so mm -hmm. many male chief security officers and they can transfer their leadership skills to women so mm -hmm. mentorship is definitely something that we should we should try to get more of it absolutely i agree so that made me think about one particular thing, like, should we then by default, like, what should our response be in this? Should, 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 should we by default assume that everyone that we are working with, they're coming from a bad place? I think that's something that I have struggled with quite a lot because I don't want to think that they're coming in from a bad place. So I have to 
find a balance for my sanity as well right so when you but there's a difference like when you see something you definitely call it out but i would definitely prefer there's a difference between intention and what happened and the effect of what you've done right so what you're saying is we shouldn't think that everyone everything comes from a bad place and that's not what i'm saying at all people can come from a good place and still have very very harmful effects on on people on other people and i feel like regardless of the intention if you have been notified that you did something that had harmful effects towards other other people and it worsened a situation that you were trying to improve then you have to listen yeah to what happened learn from it and educate yourself and do better next time i'm not saying that it should be called out in a say in a in a way where we shame the person yeah. but rather called out in a in a way that hey this is not the way we work here or or were you aware that this is this is actually a problematic statement and these are alternative ways of putting this or giving feedback and that feedback has to also come from men like educate each other yeah, yeah. no so I, it's not it's not about where they come from it's about the effect that they have with what they have done regardless if they had good intentions or not the effect is the thing that that stays with us yeah, really. yeah. that part i uh, absolutely uh, agree with that some people uh, do tend to behave in this manner but i think i also like i mean i have to maintain my own sanity as well right sometimes i actually go to work and i look at people as as uh, uh, boxes as well you know I don't really look at them as a man or a woman right so so I think I, I, I maybe I choose to more uh, want to look at the good at the, at the good in other people I think that's what I would uh, prefer because like I said at the end of the day when I want to go back home I want to have positive feelings in me as well I don't just want to by default assume that okay the other person was trying to harm me i think at this stage with, I, and i think it's all and i think you're right i think you should and yeah. i think you should assume good intent yeah but then still kind of educate people yeah right? that's and that's so that's there's all day long right absolutely yeah. all day long that's what we do we try to uh, make people aware of their own uh, uh, biasness but i also don't want my life to be about this right I, I i want to have my own i don't know i i think this has come to me with experience when i was a lot younger i i would respond to everything and i would take this very personally and i would feel responsible that no i am representing you know all women all over the world but at this stage in my life, I, I, I also think that how I feel towards the end of the day, which is part of the self-care, uh, is also super uh, important for me uh, to stay sane. I cannot, I cannot take, uh, I cannot be responsible for uh, what other person is thinking about when they look at me and judge my whole gender based on what I am doing. It's something up for up to up to them as well, right? But it's a it's a it's an interesting thought, I'll say. <laughs> well, Ambreen, we'll go on to your question next, and it kind of goes back to that sanity and coming home with positive thoughts. Um, and you asked if you ever want to leave tech and why, and what makes you stay. So do, should I start, or does someone else want to start? <laughs> <laughs> Just give us some concept why you've asked it, your thoughts yeah. and opinions, and Absolutely. then we'll go. 
I think I was uh, discussing this a few days ago as well with someone that when I joined tech, I was like super passionate about building things, about creating things. Uh, and I was to an extent quite naive and unaware of my uh, gender when I joined uh, tech as well. I was just like, oh, no, it's going to be awesome working with these all awesome companies and 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 contributing to them and everything. But uh, then I started, you know, realizing and everything. And 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 I want to answer this question from a non um, like uh, like non-gender perspective, if that's the right word to use here. Like for example, I think I've seen the evolution of tech, and I'm rather disappointed by how we have we have all been consumed by technology and how technology has become a a tool that is not really super supportive of uh, how humans should be behaving with each other in terms of social media and all those things. And I agree, there is absolutely good tech as well. But I feel like the majority is, or what we see right now, you know, how um, Instagram is perpetuating a certain lifestyle, how how companies like, I mean, I shouldn't be naming the companies, but how companies like Facebook and Google, they are constantly in data privacy scandals. And I think that kind of makes me question, do I want to stay in tech or do I want to stay in tech? Uh, I think that's, the, that's again, a bigger uh, uh, thing that is not specific to me being a woman in tech. But if I talk about me being a woman in tech, I think just sometimes it's just exhausting. Right now, I'm at a good place in my life where I don't let these things come to me. But maybe 10 years ago, when I was a lot junior, I think life was way, way difficult. And that's why we we uh, see so many younger women leaving uh, tech because of lack of support. And I will also say, I mean, a lack of understanding in terms of how this environment can just, you know, be against us sometimes. Yeah, I think, um, at least from my perspective, like I hadn't thought about the wider implications of tech. I'll answer that bit first. Um, so at work, um, I was in my one to one. And then I think my, there's like this um, acronym that we uh, we were answering. And it was to do with the M. It was like spelt calms. And the M was meaning. Like, are you getting meaning out of your role? And at that point, I was in Nicaragua. I'm a digital nomad. I was living at a surf and yoga retreat. And I had met someone who was an environmental lawyer. And I'd met someone who worked at an environmental charity and all this. And I'm like, I work at a tech company. So I literally said this to my manager. And because, well, GitLab's pretty awesome. It's like, we're making things more efficient. You know, people can get off data centers, all this. So, so from, a, from that perspective, I'm not working for one of the evil social medias. So I'm like, okay, I think my company is for good. Um, but then from the you know personal perspective, day to day, I know we've discussed today some of the um, uh, challenges and some of the difficult conversations or relationships we've had with different colleagues. I guess I've been quite fortunate because um, other than having to camouflage, um, I've actually had a, quite a supportive environment where normally I'm in a team and people are like, wow, that's really cool that there's a girl in the team. Oh, wow. And you like playing video games too? Cool. So I haven't had, um, you know, that many, that many issues. So um, I did a computer science degree. I actually had seven different careers before I became a solutions architect in cybersecurity. So I actually moved um, around a bit and then it'll kind of, I'm kind of 
telling a bit of my answer to the next question. But what I found actually when I was say, um, you know, no offense, Abby, but when I was working in recruitment, I, you know, even though the gender bit balance is, you know, 50 50, I kind of I didn't find that as um, I found that a lot more challenging. And I was like, yeah, two years is enough. I've left. Whilst actually working in tech, I just find it very like interesting. And my women experiences aren't as bad, although I'll caveat that I was talking with um, someone in New York who saying that she's like gets you know mansplained or man interrupted or you know that kind of thing and I've been fortunate that that's never happened but then on a kind of more somber note what I have had happen and I only realized this year I was doing sexual harassment training and then I was like and it was the first time I'd ever done it in an organization and then I was like oh wow I think I've actually been harassed resulted in nearly every organization so no one's going to try and like interrupt me or mansplain me or stop me promotion because I'll stop them in their you know stands but then when it comes to office Christmas party people People think it's okay to touch my butt and I'm like no this is, this is not okay um so I think we all have our experience but I of the industries I've worked in which have been a lot I actually I I'm actually think I haven't had to think if I'm leaving tech I just think where am I going to work next to get more money that's my that's my <laughs> in my experience um I definitely didn't think of leaving tech in maybe upcoming 20 years yet I, I guess it's because the field that I'm working at is kind of having the, the life, you know, the moment of the lifetime, you know, there are the security breaches that are caused by 18 year old like, teenager. And a lot of companies, they now see the importance of the cybersecurity field. And that's why I know that this industry is definitely gonna have so many new interesting, like interesting like projects. So I definitely want to be a part of it. But speaking about, speaking about how, uh, tech could violate our privacy. I also thought of it a bit, and uh, I guess the the reason is that, like you know, this technical field is relatively new. There there are no any like laws. There is no any proper like uh, privacy teams at the companies, and this is something that uh, instead of being demotivated by how tech is violating our privacy, it's gonna be actually good to lead some projects that will like actually protect our privacy and improve it like so so i think i think currently like tech is inversely having like a lot of interesting projects and there are like a lot of new things that will happen especially in the field of cyber security so definitely like something for women to consider yeah i i did have some moments in my career where I was, I was uh, gonna leave, and a lot of it, it ended up being because of the um, the signals that I was getting. Um, it, uh, I joined the tech world being um, un being unaware of the fact that that the my identity is actually problematic. Yeah, that it will be harder for me to exist because of my identity and I wasn't aware of it I wasn't aware of it but things kept happening to me and it was eating up at my confidence because I would say things and people wouldn't listen and I would I would bring up ideas and then someone would repeat them and and the someone that repeated the same idea I said they would just they would just get a lot of pats on the back and I'm like that's a great idea and I'm like I just said that like five minutes ago I know and and it's demotivating um, and all of these kind of things kept happening to me and happening to me. And I, I felt, I felt stupid. I felt not enough. Yeah. Um, and I was very sad. And um, there was a moment 
uh, where I was, it was, it was late. I was, I was pestering, um, I was pestering. I shouldn't say that because I wasn't, I was asking my manager for approval for this conference that I wanted to buy a ticket for, because I was saying, Hey, um, I can buy it myself. If the company doesn't, I would just like to know yay or nay. Mm -hmm. I've been asking you for more than a week and there were people around there, there, there were very few, but some people around and my manager may made a joke that I'm nagging and selfish. And what about the rest of the team? And I, and the person next to the manager continued on the joke and I felt so bad. And it was a time where I already felt bad because, um, as I said, I was, I was raising ideas and it happened to me before that, that, and with another manager, I was, I was telling my manager, Hey, I cannot, I have this idea. I'm trying to get it across what's happening. My manager said, well, you're raising it to stand up. That's not a good idea. You should raise it at the retro. I raise it at the retro. Nothing happens. It's like, yeah, but the retro is not good. Let's um, call for a separate meeting. I called a separate meeting. Nothing happened. Um, and then this other dude in the team <laughs> raised the same thing and everyone was cheering. It was really hard. Um, and then this happened and uh, like some time later, and there was actually a third person uh, besides the two that continued that actually stood up and said, can we please stop picking on Mariana? Because we will be very sad when she leaves us because she's doing a lot. And I spent the time on the, on the metro on the way home. I was crying, not because I was getting picked on, because I was used to that. I was crying because someone actually stood up for me. And that wasn't very often. And I was, I was really evaluating my choices. Um, and, and then I switched teams and I, I found teams that actually did listen to me, that actually cared for what I had to say. And then it become better. And since those experiences and, and that those experiences actually made me question, like, am I really that stupid? And the reason why I read so many women in tech books and, and went to groups with women is because I didn't have to explain to the group there yeah. why I have a reason to exist. I have a reason to exist, not because I'm someone's daughter or someone's sister or someone's wife or partner, I have a reason to exist because I'm human, regardless of my identity, I'm here, I'm, I'm not an idiot, mm -hmm. or at least I hope not, and I'm contributing, and I, I, I should be given a chance. Um, and I've realized that I need to build up my vocabulary to, to advocate for myself because nobody else will, or not enough people will. And that's why I ended up reading all the things, which had the downside of I spent a lot of time doing diversity and inclusion stuff and not getting better at my job, which is a complete different topic. I am very good at my job, though, yeah. just yeah. for anyone listening. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing that. Um, it did remind me, to be fair, my first job, my manager made me feel a bit like that. As in, I remember my first six months, I'd been, I was really into tech and I came in there with all this illusion. And then he just ripped me to shreds. And literally, I remember afterwards just like crying in the bathroom and like it just damaged my self-esteem for like a whole year and a half. And it was only when I, I literally I'd been at a, a yoga retreat in Sri Lanka. And then I was like, wow, 
I don't feel bad anymore. Like I'd literally been like binge eating and I'd been really depressed and it was just all horrible. And the only reason probably I am still in tech was because the, uh, the com- you know, there were two essays um, and one was my manager and they literally split Europe in half. And then the other guy was nice to me. He mentored me, he let me shadow, he understood that I knew nothing and he met me at my level. And it was actually only because of him that I am where I am today. Because if it had just been me and my manager and, you know, it doesn't sound, you know, as extreme as what you've been through, but like even just a bit of that, like I would have been like, well, I've already moved jobs seven times. Maybe cybersecurity, maybe it's not for me. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. I think, um, you know, I think a lot of the time people don't realize the effect they can have and especially when it's you know it's like the constant niggles death by a thousand paper cuts and we can be as resilient as we can try but after a while it's just tiring and you know yeah. you just have to cry it out it's it's yeah. a, it's a bit funny how how everyone on the call today they have talked about that they have spoken up but they were not heard because it happened to me as well and you know what I ended up questioning my own self I was like was I speaking loud enough maybe they didn't hear me you know that was the first thing and and I ended up really like working on my voice and improving it. And now everyone, when I go to work, everyone is like, oh, you come off as too strong. You need to, you need to lower your voice. I was like, that's not happening. Not anymore. I'm not going to change myself for anyone anymore. But if I had a penny for every time I've heard this sentence that I come off as too strong. And I'm like, yeah, so like how is that even a bad thing why are you making it sound like it's a bad thing it's not (laughs) would you have said the same thing about this other guy in the team me or no like you could always ask the person would you have said the same thing about this other other person who happens to be a guy and and it's usually not not like this I mean I know that I I have seen uh, people behave in yeah pretty bad manners and they were just yeah yeah passed upon like yeah it's all right but I can't I can't like it's another thing that I think it's a good point good good point to mention that as a woman I've always felt that in tech even a slightest of mistake I'm a human I'm prone to make a mistake it's just amplified it's like everyone looks at it oh I see everyone nodding their head (laughs) yeah and and it's not only the that that the mistake is amplified. It's like people talk about um, reputation points or credibility. I feel like yeah. people that are in because it's not just around women, right? It's it's most uh, historically unrepresented, uh, underrepresented people. If uh, and especially like it's worse when you're intersectional, um, you lose credibility so much faster. Yeah, because, because there's this bias that that kind of fights against you being a competent person. I feel like we've been speaking it for the last hour, but um, Stefania, we'll move on to your last question. And you asked, what is your experience being a woman in tech? Well, this is the thing. I knew we were coming to my question, Mike. We literally have been speaking about it for the last hour. Um, so I don't have much to add. And what's been interesting is, in general, other than the experience I just spoke about, I've actually had a really positive experience. But I, you know, as I said earlier, I have had to camouflage. Um, and, you know, um, kind of change the way that I am to fit in so that I'm more consumable. 
Like, um, I used to be blonde and wear a full face of makeup and fake lashes and, like, five-inch heels. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to wear that at the developer conference. Um, but also, um, thankfully, the people that I've worked with um, have been, you know, keen to mentor me and keen to see me progress. And what I actually find is I find tokenization. That's something that really faces me as a woman in tech because they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, you're a woman. Um, can you can you speak to this event? Like I spoke at 50 events last year, mainly because for me, I'm like, maybe I'll encourage the future generation. But um, what I often find is that I'm sometimes <laughs> people are, oh, yeah, we need a diverse board. So sometimes I've even been included in like, you know, product conversations. They're like, well, what do you think about this messaging? Like we just got, you know, five white men talking at the moment. Like you're you're a woman. What, what do you think? And it's kind of it's like a double edged sword because I know there's a I think there's a phrase I think it's called golden skirts which is like where it's like we're promoting you just because you're a woman and I haven't had that yet like not saying I'm being promoted just for my gender it will obviously be for my skill set but it can be quite exhausting because you find that as well with diversity groups that it's like oh yeah we need to you know we need to get you know more diverse things so um, something that we implemented was having a woman on every interview uh, interview panel like at some point in the process everyone who interviews at GitLab has to speak to a woman great in practice what actually ended up happening we're in the woman's slack channel like it's a private one and then one of the uh, women was like yeah I don't know about you guys but I'm kind of doing like four or five interviews a week and they take about two hours each and then I'm like when do I get my actual <laughs> job done um so like uh, and with that I don't mind doing the interviews because as long as I'm doing the same as everyone else it's fine but especially when there's as we're trying to improve diversity it's women or gender diversity it's women that are doing all the work and it's like are we getting recognized so like but, I said, but I mean, on the yeah. on the interview though i have i have some experiences that that kind of speak to that though because i've been in an interview where uh me and this guy were um were doing this this interview to another guy right and i asked a technical question to this, the person that was interviewed, right? Uh, I don't remember what the question was, but I asked the question and the person I was interviewing, me and my colleague, literally turned his head towards my colleague and started answering to my colleague. And I was like, I was joking with another uh, friend of mine. I was like, what if we were two women in the room? Would he face the wall? <laughs> and it was a he, right? And it happened to me twice. Um, in a very short time, like it happened several times and, and um, it happened to other friends uh, who happened to be women who were interviewing that literally they stopped, they, they would ask something and the person would only talk to the guy in the room. And I feel like there's a, there's a reason why it is there, but also why, yeah, it's, it's still a lot of load because you, you the way I was trying to explain it the other the other day to to some friends of mine was, I'm going upwards on a downwards escalator uh, and also dragging other people behind me, <laughs> both the people that I'm trying to inspire, mentor, and the people that I'm trying to educate. And that's why my question of how do we include men because it's not sustainable for yeah. for the underrepresented people to to carry both the load of of um, having a career, uh, being a role model and mentoring others and educating the people that are not in the group on the fact that there, these experiences exist and it's not just a myth. I completely agree with you. I think that, you know, when you are the only woman in your team, like you, you kind of need to be so good while 
everybody else in the team could be like, okay, you know, because otherwise, if you yeah. are kind of mediocre, then yeah. it's okay to be mediocre. You know, you don't have to be bright, but and then everybody think, ah, okay, so that's why women should not be tech, yeah. you know, because they are so bad in this. It's yeah. so annoying. It's like you have to push yourself so hard every time, and you you have to be responsible for like everybody. This is this is annoying. It's like you you don't you should just accept that you know everybody can can be good and bad at something. They have like good and uh, like they have strengths and weaknesses. You don't have to expect that the woman is gonna be like solving every problem. And she's gonna be like the best one in the team. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. Like then, if if I make a mistake, then they will judge all the women in the team <laughs> based on what I did. Right? I think that's a that's a lot of pressure on yeah. one person. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But talking about coding, there is one experience that I had which was funny. Um, I dyed my hair purple, purple pink actually, and all of a sudden I was a developer that had something good to say. Oh. I, wow. I didn't have <laughs> a brain change. I didn't go to an entire course and come back. I dyed my hair purple purple pink and all of a sudden I was a hacker wow that, okay. that's the, like I stopped wearing a dress I yeah. stopped wearing a dress <laughs> and then I wore jeans and t-shirt and all of a sudden I'm technical. I grew a second brain <laughs> yeah I know right it's like it's and like, also like we talked about conferences and one way to see if a conference is diverse or not is just going to the toilet yeah Hmm. that's my joke i it's pray like, where... for the toilet to have a queue which yeah. is a weird thing to pray for yeah i was at um i was at cubecon in a in april in valencia and it was my joke whenever i did see a woman in the toilet because sometimes it was just me and there was a massive queue for the man <laughs> i'd be like oh i was like hi but i was just like oh well this is where the women's uh, the men's queue is longer than the women's because yeah. it's there in football stadiums so you know um we've got yeah we've got a lot maybe one day we'll queue for the bathroom yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my silent prayer let the let the conference queue be long yeah. this time it's a it's, it's funny how we're talking about our experiences like i work for the company and the reason I left the company was because they made like a funny video asking everyone in the company, oh, why don't you tell us what does a developer look like? And they all said, we expect the developer to have a beard. And I was like, who, who wrote that rule? And, and I think the company was cringe enough to actually post that video on YouTube and promote the fun culture in the company. And I, I had to remind them that this is, this is extremely excluding. You cannot make a video where literally everyone is saying that a developer must have a beard because it just, yeah, it just, yeah, that was not right for them. <laughs> that video might just still be on YouTube. I'll find it for all of you. <laughs> nice. We'll leave it there. I feel like we could have this conversation for the rest of the evening. Um, but this has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Aka, Mariana, Ambreen and Stefania for providing your insights into the topic and thank you to the listeners for listening as well. If you would like to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts or you're a woman in tech who would like to be involved in a woman in tech podcast in the future, reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email at abby.stokes at evolution-nordics.com. See you next time.